0: Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey
1: everybody, and welcome to Ask an Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer with me, Mr. Lady Ada. We've got a fun-filled and hopefully relaxing show to get through the next hour. Some special releases happening, uh, lots of news and videos, giveaways, products, it's not out yet, eyeballs, and more. Yeah. Mr. Lady, why don't you tell them what's on tonight's show.
0: On tonight's show, the code is Dual Diodes. Just a reminder, our discount codes don't work with Raspberry Pi things that are like hot off the press, as in if there happens to be one in the store later. Um, so, ten percent off everything in store, except for gift certificates, of course, and things like Raspberry Pi. Um, we'll talk about some of our live shows, including Chantel, which we just had a few moments ago. A Little bit of a recap from Desk of Lady Ada, including the Great Search. We've got JP's product pick of the week. Advanced manufacturing made right here in New York City. Got some factory footage we'll show off. Some projects from Noe and Pedro, including a speed up and fun other project that we're gonna share this week too. Got some iron and pi brought to you by DigiKey this week. It's from eSwitch. But a little bit of a top secret. Get back in the Um, little short videos that we do to give you even more of a glimpse of what's going on. So we got one of those we're going to show this week. New products. We're going to answer your questions. We do that on Discord, adafruit.at, slash Discord. We answer the questions towards the end of the show, but sometimes we can, you know, enter them when we see them, too. Um, We're going to talk about all that and more on, um, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Okay. so we interrupt this Ask an Engineer to give you a little bit of a reminder. Um, I'm going to say some things right now. We're live. For all the live folks who watch our show, thank you. Um, We're going to do something a little special uh, for the folks that are watching live. So if you're watching this after it's live, that's the way it goes sometimes. So there's not going to be enough Raspberry Pi 5s out there. They're doing pre-orders. The best way to get it is from Raspberry Pi. They own two magazines, Magpie and Hackspace. Subscribe to those magazines. You get a code, and you can purchase. Some resellers are getting them, um, and it'll be you know a little bit at a time, and eventually there'll be more. But um, I saw on Tom's Hardware there's already people selling Raspberry Pi fives um, on eBay for you know like two hundred dollars. So this is a common cycle that happens over and over. Um, pre-orders are possible at some sites. Um, some sites aren't authorized resellers are doing it anyways so you can do it you can you can you computer what we're going to always do is stick to what has worked which is um if we have something in our store you can purchase it so um you know besides like adabox's subscription service if there's something that you see that's in stock in our store it means we physically have it and we can sell it we do things like fraud protection and make sure people are only buying one um, one per customer for things like raspberry pi and we also have two-factor authentication um, that, that eliminated bots, essentially, in case you all are wondering. Um, yes, it's possible for bots to do this stuff, but turns out that's a lot of work and um, people don't want to do that. So if uh, you want a Raspberry Pi 5, it'd be a very good idea to right now, log into your Adafruit account and get ready. Um, please don't put this on social media just for the next couple minutes. minutes, um, because there's a lot of websites that look for when things are in stock, and they like, you know, tweet it and uh, or exit, or whatever you want to call it now. <laughs> um, and uh, we wanted to give the live audience a chance to get some of these. So, if you're looking for a Raspberry Pi, four gigabyte.
1: We have those in stock already.
0: Uh, Raspberry Pi.
1: So, f- a f- four, we have.
0: Yeah. No, I'm talking about only. So all-
1: five, yeah. four gigabyte. Yeah. yeah. yeah
0: so, sorry. Raspberry Pi, five, four gigabytes.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, just get ready if you want one, because um, we're going to put them in the store in just a, f- a few moments. But um, just log into your account, make sure two-factor authentication. The discount code doesn't work with this, of course. And if something happens and we run out of these sorry but we want to do something special for the the live audience um because you know pre-order back orders that doesn't work out because we're only going to get a few so we want to like well let's do something for the folks who watch the show uh live every week so this is my long-winded way of saying this because um we're gonna put them in the store uh right now
1: okay and i just want to mention we already have Pi 4s in stock. So if you don't need a Pi 5, oh, yeah. you can just buy a Pi 4. Yeah,
0: that's okay, still so fun. I'm disappearing. Yeah. Lady is gonna disappear. <laughs> like
1: and and,
0: and as sure. she and as she disappears, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna put the, the Pi logo. This is like the bat symbol. Okay. And what yeah. I'm gonna do is go to our website and um, show it on the screen here. And you can see Raspberry Pi 5, 4 gigabyte. The product ID is uh 5812. Um, you know, feel free to put it in chat, and then I'm gonna hit refresh. Okay, they're now in stock right now. See where it says sixty dollars, um, and it's uh in stock. Yeah, so, that means it's
1: in stock. Okay, I'm back.
0: Yeah, so that means it's uh they're in stock right now, and you know we have this is the first batch we have, and we know that they're gonna go really fast.
1: Don't forget to have your two factor.
0: Yeah, so give. You all actually stuff.
1: probably have a minute if you want to, like we don't have the official power supplies, we do have. The camera cables and we do yeah, buy some the, other stuff the heat sink thing if you want the heat sink thing like that isn't stuff
0: yeah so you know I, we think about this carefully because it, when the raspberry Pis first came out years ago um there wasn't enough either and so what we said is in, instead of so some people were charging more for them this is you know like i don't know almost 10 years ago um they're not gone yet <laughs> Those are like they're gone? no they're not gone no. yet. They're still around.
1: We didn't know. Yeah, where this is. You're they're they're get, still.
0: They're still there. You have a chance. Um, they're still there. Uh, so like ten years ago or so, when the Raspberry Pi first came out, um, people were charging more. They were doing things that were making it really hard to get them. So we just said, well, if someone um, uh, bought, I think it was like three hundred dollars worth of stuff on our store, we'll just give you one for free, because that was like that was that was a way to get these out there to you know the, the the best customers in the community at the time we wouldn't do that now because that's not the point of raspberry pi when these first came out it was it was very new um and i looked around there was a lot of like influencers that got these there is um some and they're like here's raspberry pi and they you know they read off the specs and stuff um some resellers will have a small number but those will those pre-orders back orders will um go out and then they have to wait again and we thought well we could always switch up doing that, but I think if you're purchasing something nowadays, you always feel free to pre-order somewhere else. But if you're purchasing nowadays, um, why not just uh, get it from a place that's open-source hardware? You're supporting us. Um,
1: oh, I still ask you know, power supply. We do not the the official yeah, power supply hasn't shipped. You can use a Raspberry Pi four power supply. Honestly, any USB C power supply. You only really need two amps unless you're connecting a lot of other things still in stock which means yes, we're still stock. yeah we're doing great so um we don't have the case for the, the the usb they didn't ship yet. yeah we only got the cables and the um and I the did, heat sink i
0: did this kind of off biz hours so um the oh. rpi locator just a second ago on twitter x sorry um just picked it up so if you're thinking of doing this
1: you check out fast because now yeah it, it tweets
0: um but no one was expecting this yeah. So we thought this might be a fun surprise for the small number that we uh got. So once again, these are Raspberry Pi 5s for gigabyte. And uh don't forget the discount does not apply. Um you can still use the discount for
1: special, it's our special thing for you. This is why watching live is, is this
0: is why live shows are fun. Okay. Um so anyways, um and folks had a few minutes before our PI locator saw it. So that is our little uh fun thing that we're gonna <laughs> do. Um Yeah, folks got them. And thanks for watching the live shows. Well, you know, y'all are our community. Um, We're never going to please the um, angry jerks out there who just want to, like, resell these. Never going to please them. So what can we do? Stuff like this. Make a live show special. Make it fun. And yeah, they replied to their own tweet. They're like, well,
1: Yeah, no, yeah. it's weird. Like, why? So, like, normally we do it in the morning, but it's because we have. Yeah. A show. And, a, and a few folks. Which RPI locator should A few,
0: few folks have emailed me. They're like, can you give me any heads of them? I'm like, well, I'll just watch our live shows. I, you know, because like, we don't know when things are going to come in um, ourselves sometimes. But I'm just like, if we're going to do something, let's try to take you care just of. just
1: came in this morning. Yeah.
0: So, let's try yeah. to take care of the folks who um, uh, watch the shows. You know, so there's always something um, special about live events, it's why, you know, you go to concerts, um, you can always listen to it on streaming, but there's something special about a concert. So anyways, I want to say thank you to everybody. Okay. Um, Okay. Now, if you missed out, don't worry, here's what you do. Just make sure you have an account, have two-factor authentication set up, and, um, be ready for the next time. So, looks like, um, a bunch of folks got them, so...
1: I'm so glad. That's good news. Okay. Okay.
0: So let's uh, talk about the rest of the show. Okay. We do a bunch of live stuff, including Show and Tell. That was uh, just on. Yeah. We had some folks come on the Show and Tell. Um, Scott uh, talked about the Scilabs uh, event that he's doing tomorrow morning.
1: morning stream.
0: So check it out. Um, we're going to... Uh, I'll put the link in the chat, but uh, check out the blog post, Discord, and you can tune in. I think it's available later too. Um, and I'll just give you a little bit of a preview here. This is the Bluetooth app development with CircuitPython tomorrow at 9 a.m. Central time. Scott will be doing this. Um, other show and tell things, um, people and more. Um, Scott showed the CircuitPython 9 updates, which has like these cool warning things when yes, things
1: change. When we change we like to change things on major versions and it even catches me unawares. Uh, and so I was like, Hey, can we have warnings like deprecation warnings like we do in C Python? He's like, that's a good idea. Um, I think we both agreed, so now uh, if you're using a deprecated function or library, it'll warn you, and it'll tell you what to do uh, yeah. as well.
0: Um, so um, the other things that were on the show, and tell, other people, places, things. Uh, JP showed this cool, like, power wash Thank you.
1: Yes, there's guys coming soon. That was a
0: lot of, that was a lot of fun. 3D um, power wash. Controller. Yeah. Liz uh, has this really cool scoreboard that shows sports and chess stats. Um, She's playing chess right now. You can see who's winning in their household. Um, Sports scores, weather, and more. And then Erin went to Maker Faire. Maker Faire is back um, in the Bay Area. This is the Mare Island Maker Faire and showed uh, not only her projects and more, but some of the uh, projects that she saw, makers she interviewed, and uh, people she met. Uh, We have those on our YouTube channel, but you can also uh, check out the show and tell if you want to see Erin's trip to Maker Faire. Uh, show and tell is every single week, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Come by, show and share the things that you've made. We'll see you there next week. Uh, we do From the Desk of Lady Ada every single week. It's in two parts. Uh, what did you show in part one this week?
1: Okay. Uh, part one, I talked about a script that I wrote, and I wrote um, a, a script that I wrote with some help from ChatGPT, and I published to the Adafruit Playground, which we'll chat about a little bit later. Um, about how to clean up your arduino library folder so i have hundreds of libraries that i help maintain and uh they're constantly being updated and i have to make sure that i'm on the right branch and that you know if i do a a pr i have to go back to the main branch and then if somebody else does a pr i want to make sure that i grab it and it's like how do you basically do a git pull on hundreds of subfolders um also deleting um old versions of libraries since i you know i don't need old versions because we're starting to slow down the ide um, so I wrote a script, it's really useful and handy. And I think other people who write a lot of Arduino libraries will find it helpful as well. I uh, also showed, um, I'm um, getting back to working on the, uh, PI camera, uh, the, the circuit Python camera, um, I got some photos being taken I designed an led front plate, uh, that will like be able to do colorful effects and, um, uh, ring lighting. I also showed off, uh, what else did I show off? I also did a QR code demo and also I did a redesign of the 3.5 inch TFT featherwing and uh also I demoed that uh, the this classic thing pulse weather station is now updated for the latest version of the 2.4 inch featherwing so just one of the many about up to like 480 redesigns uh and it's just a, a slog
0: yeah and the great search you by DigiKey Lady, it helps you find the things you're looking for on digikey.com. What did you show or find? Sorry, this week.
1: Um, so I looked on social media and I saw someone post a GPU board that is uh that got damaged from overheating or overcurrenting, who knows what. Uh, and they didn't want to throw away, um, you know, the GPU board, and uh, they wanted just to replace the power connector, and so I was like. Last week on the great search, I showed how to identify connector using calipers that you had physically, like if you had a connector on hand. But this time I'm like, how can we find a replacement connector when we don't even have it in front of us from a photo? So some things to look for, notches, how to guess what the pitch is of a big connector. And we found uh, the connector. It's only 60 cents. So if you have a GPU board, apparently this is like a standard GPU power connector, um, and you damage the, the, the power contacts, uh, I found a couple options that are in stock at DigiKey.
0: Yeah. And uh just to tune everyone into the um
1: the, the
0: festivities oh, we yeah. we still have them in stock. So
1: I didn't notify people.
0: Yeah, we didn't send out the notifications. Um maybe we will. I
1: will as soon as we go to the next yeah. break. Yeah.
0: So, I'll, 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 here's an interesting thing um with RPI locator uh with uh, Twitter kind of sorry, X kind of being um demolished um because it's a, a garbage sad factory um that just makes everyone miserable. Oh, nice. Um yeah. yeah um i think not as many people are uh you know like watching twitter anymore no, so know. it's also eight o'clock at night so yeah it's so weird. usually these evaporate and we usually do it during business hours so i think um we got lucky right now so i'd say if you're if you're on the fence yeah. um go for it because we're probably going to send out some of the email notifications yeah, they will be gone um then they'll be gone gone for sure but um that's good to know i think we'll probably do this again in the future. Maybe
1: yeah, we get more. Um, Maybe
0: we'll do it like during a desk of lady, and we got all sorts of things we could do.
1: So I I do, I do think like eighty percent of the people who were signed up in Quad Raspberry Pi fours were not actually going to use them; they were selling them on Facebook.
0: Yeah, a lot of a lot of which is very frustrating. because like
1: it's a self perpetuating issue. Like the fewer people get them, the more the value is. And I think also there was probably some like newsletters that went out that were like, "Hey, you want to make money from home." buy Pi 4s and sell yeah. them on eBay and people got into it. I think, I don't think they keep, they don't keep track of the Raspberry Pi releases. I don't think they're like, oh yeah, let's do the Pi 4s. I also tonight. think
0: 8 p.m. on a Wednesday is a weird time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, that, so
0: that's anyways. good to know. Um, yeah. Uh, let's just see. There. Okay. There's 98 left. Okay. So we've it is half gone. Yeah. There is, it is starting to to, to dwindle. Okay. okay. That's good to know. Um, Let's uh, uh, finish our, our live recap of the week. JP okay. does a show every single week. Um, He does a product pick of the week. Here's this week's highlight.
2: It is the Piezo Driver Amp Stemma PAM 8904. Here are the little gain switches. This actually is a AC um, element, and so it doesn't really matter which wire gets plugged in where. Uh, We have a three pin JST, and plugging that into a Metro RP2040 there. And you can see I've got my three-volt power ground, and then I'm running off of uh, pin D5. Gonna do a little reboot. You should be able to hear that pretty well. Quiet this thing a bit. So that's the 1x gain. And that'll turn it off. And that is it, that is my product pick of the week. This week it is the Stemma Piezo Driver PAM 8904.
0: And don't forget, there's JP's workshop tomorrow. I want to check out some of the stuff that JP's up to. And then uh, Fridays, there's deep dive with either Tim or Scott. This week, it is Scott.
1: Yay! So
0: dig into the innards of CircuitPython and more on Friday, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. Let's do some Python hardware. All right. Um, so a little bit of reminder. I put this in the chat. Don't forget, Scott, tomorrow, nine a.m. Central Time, Bluetooth app development with Circuit Python. Do check that out. We have a bunch of stuff. Uh, let's see how many are left. Ninety. Okay. Yes, I'm ticking down. Yep, tick 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 tick. Um, our Circuit Python on our hardware newsletter. We do this every single week. Um, some Pi Five details. Um. Some Raspberry, uh, sorry, some Circuit Python uh, eight uh, updates.
1: Yeah, we're getting ready so, for nine. Alpha. Yeah,
0: I was about to say nine. Um, yeah, numbers. but uh, well, we're
1: doing the eights while we prepare for that.
0: Yeah, so Circuit Python nine is coming, but we have the eight to seven release. There's a couple more boards. Um, some really neat projects this week. Um, this MicroPython calculator is really cool. Um, we're going to start adding some of the Adafruit Playground. These are notes guides that anyone can make. Um, We'll talk about that later on in the show, but we're going to have that in the newsletter since there's a lot of uh, Python-based ones. And then um, check out just the menagerie of uh, projects. Um, Hackaday, a site I found a million years ago, have nothing to do with now, but I like seeing things that, that's why I started the site, is this is the type of stuff I wanted to see. Um, They have a Hackaday badge for SuperCon, and uh, you can do MicroPython stuff.
1: It's a cute looking band. Yeah. I like the little joystick.
0: It's a screen on it. And uh, I like seeing my logo. Logos.
1: I like the combination of big buttons. Like seeing it. It still works. And it works good on a round display.
0: Yeah. Um, so check out all the projects and more. However, um this week uh what we're gonna talk about is uh there's a bunch of stuff going on in the world of Python. So we've got the virtual environment usage. And then, um, on Playground, we also have, um, the comparing the GIO stuff.
1: which should I, which do you want me to talk about first? Um,
0: I don't know. Do you want to just talk about like what the issue is and then kind of like, instead of, um, being, uh, jerks on GitHub or social media, we're just going to help solve it and do good documentation. Um, that's our idea. So um okay. what well, it is. It's our idea. It,
1: it's our idea. Uh well we're also gonna hang back. So yeah. basically as of Bookworm, which is the latest release of the Raspberry Pi operating system, which is also going to be the um it's going to be the operating system that's required for use with the Raspberry Pi 5. Um they've changed Debian has changed how they do Python package installation, um, which you know everyone always makes fun of. Python packaging, because they're using Python as part of the operating system and utilities, they don't want you to be able to mess up that install. And so um, instead of letting you just do sudo pip and install into like the root, you know, root or main um, site packages folder, they're kind of requiring every user to make a virtual environment that will then keep all your packages in like your home directory, for example. Um, And this is technically correct. Like you technically should do that. It is the right thing to do. Um, It's not very punk uh, and we're kind of punk and we're we're still kind of investigating, you know, even that's the right thing to do to have a virtual environment. um, There's about a decade's worth of Raspberry Pi tutorials that don't and don't talk about that. And nobody's gonna go and update all of them. Like we're happy to update all of the Adafruit guides um, but there's just no chance that every instructable and every hackster and every element 14 and every blog post
0: yeah. is gonna
1: be updated. A lot of people use pip. Um, and what you're supposed to do is 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 set up your environment beforehand. So, you know, I think there's there's some discussion about it. Um, Raspberry Pi folks, you know, have some opinions, other people have opinions. Um we haven't yet decided what we're gonna do um, because it's a big decision. We don't wanna make a decision and then take it back. Uh, there's a couple of things. One, we could just tell people, hey, just disable this inability and just like install sudo pip anyways. We could have um, our Blink Script set automatically set up your virtual environment in your bash profile. So it always gets configured when you start up. Um, we could update every tutorial to say, hey, you know, here's what your virtual environment should be. And you'll just have to turn it on before you begin. Um, there's, there's, no, there's no real right answer. Um, it's definitely going to be a bit of a mess. We kind of want to see what other folks want to do because each one has pros and cons. And honestly, I just can't make that decision right now. I'm just a little too tired uh, with the baby. So um, to that end, we have a guide that Carter wrote. Uh, I asked him to write it. And Carter's like, you know, Carter's one of our best guide writers for beginner topics about virtual environments and how it affects the Raspberry Pi specifically. specific. There's lots of guides about virtual environments. But because you might be using pseudo to do NeoPixel stuff, Um, in particular, uh, it's important to kind of know the intricacies of of setting up this virtual environment. So this guide talks about that and specifically talks about how to do it with sudo and what doesn't work and what does. So um, the answer is no answer, but we at least have a guide that we can reference to. Uh, So thanks, Carter, for writing it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So um, we'll see how things go. But, um, you know, generally speaking, um, maybe our Community, which I think is pretty big, can kind of set a good example. Like stuff's gonna come up, and uh, the last few years, people are just rewarded for being um, terrible to one another. So I would just say, like, especially for open source maintainers, um, a lot of you know, a, a lot of people are demanding. There's mean people. They're like, "Do this now for me." Um, they're basically like, "I want to speak to your manager," and like treating us and others like customer service. Uh, it's the type of person that if you're at a restaurant and they're yelling at the waitstaff, like no one likes that. Um, don't be that person. So um, I think we're just gonna try to figure out what's the best thing we could do. So we started writing guides. That's what we always do. Like when something. Just
1: exploring what. Yeah. What what, what, what is do we it? do to solve this? You know, because I was like, I don't know how it like does this even yeah. work with 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 neopixels and pseudo and and how is that gonna happen? Yeah. So.
0: So we have um, so we got that and then um, did you want to uh, talk about this other?
1: Um.
0: This other stuff here or.
1: Yes, sorry. And then on the other side, uh, you know, we want to make sure that Blinka. Um, so one of the really good decisions that we did make, you know, it's like I, some decisions I'm putting off and some decisions I made that were I'm glad I did. So having uh, Blinka as our interface library, so that we can um, have the CircuitPython API available on CPython on the Raspberry Pi, has been a really good idea because historically, we a very very long time ago before Blinka, we used RPi GPIO for all of our Raspberry Pi GPIO toggling you know um and and tweaking and turns out that um as with the Raspberry Pi 5 because of the new RP1 chip GPIO0 sorry rpi.gpio uh no longer works um, and it's unclear if they're going to update it to work and so um because we happen to have been supporting blink on other single board linux computers and those were using libgpiod which is the new kernel Module that is recommended for GPIO interfacing. Um, we already had support for libgpio.d in Blinka, and like Melissa was able to turn it on like fairly quickly. Um, you know, in a day, not in like weeks. Um, and so Blinka has been updated to use libgpio.d. Um, one thing that I didn't notice a while ago was that gpio.d was not as fast as memory mapping, which RPi GPIO does. Uh, Memory mapping is always going to be the fastest, but it requires permissions, and it's, like, kind of dangerous, and you're, like, prodding memory, and it's, like, you're kind of poking into somebody's brain. Uh, And so I asked Melissa, could you please um, check GPIO 0, which is kind of, like, the official Raspberry Pi GPIO interface library for Python, and the GPIO D Python bindings, and compare them. Um, You can scroll down, and uh, she did a great job. Uh, And keep going, keep going, keep going, and even posted up um the Sale uh outputs so basically it turns out that gpiod can go up to about like 550 uh kilohertz uh, toggle speed um up and down is going to be 280 so you double that to get the um the uh the toggle speed because there's two toggles per frequency and then um on libgpi sorry in gpio zero it's about 200 kilohertz so you're going to get like about three times speed with gpiod uh, 600 kilohertz is pretty good actually um considering it's going through this like secondary chip 600 kilohertz it's not fast enough to do neopixels and but you wouldn't do that anyways you would use like the pio sub capability um but basically just you know documenting this and if other people because i knew was gonna say hey why don't you use gpio zero and it's like have documentation now uh so what we're doing is uh, documenting
0: yeah so that's what we're doing while um People are just uh, robbing insults of each other about all this stuff. So um, that is our Python on hardware. Lots of stuff going on, as you can tell. Um, yeah. So just stay tuned to all of our documentation updates. Stop by the shows. We'll tell you you know, what we're up to. Um, but that's our plan, is to just do great documentation, great products, and... uh
1: there's a little bit of a rant.
0: Yeah. Oh, whatever. Sorry. It's okay. Um, I will keep going. We send out this newsletter every single week. Adafruitdaily.com. It's a completely separate website because we hate spam even more than you do. And um, you can sign up there. It has nothing to do with your Adafruit store account. You can subscribe, unsubscribe anytime. You don't even have to subscribe to the newsletter. You can look at a standalone page that's a permalink that doesn't have any tracking. Also, it's a It's on GitHub. It's an RSS feed. Wow had someone saying that like, uh, oh, tracking, it's like we have every way for it to be the best privacy saving way. We have to use tools like MailChimp that send out things and there's links that you can't stop tracking. We have other ways to read the newsletter. My
1: favorite is some people like, oh, what's so hard? Why can't you just send out a couple hundred thousand emails? I'm like, have you actually tried some yeah. more than a thousand so, emails?
0: It's really so hard. So that's why we jump through all these these hoops. And and like I said, if you want to, you don't ever need to even subscribe to the newsletter. You can just go to the page and uh, we've been de googlifying nothing against Google. Well, besides some other, I do have some Google letters. Um, but you can just go to Adafruit Daily. And um, just, just, you could just read it every single week. We have the link right here. You, yeah, it's cool. Okay. cool. It's great. Okay, anyways, um, that's news article. Okay, let's talk about some open source hardware, Lady Ada. Yep. Um, we're on this week
1: yeah we're, we're just whatever it's, it's
0: whatever a... it's exciting it's exciting okay um first up what's on the big board
1: okay so uh, i talked about the great carter vn tutorial read it if you're like me you don't know much about virtual environments for python because you've been lazy and just doing pseudo pip your entire life uh, i've also got a guide thanks to liz to who wrote a python library for the HUSB 238 power delivery breakout handy little board gets you three to uh, sorry five to 20 volts at three or f- up to three or five amps out of USB PD. I uh, also, uh, no impedro did a case for it, which is wonderful. Um, I did an update to the Feather RP2040 radio guide. Uh, turns out that the USB pins on the RP2040 are quite sensitive, which we actually knew about. Um, but if you have a LoRa board and you have it at like the max power and you have an antenna that is close to the board, it can cause you to be flaky. So we have some solutions for you. And then uh, do you mind scrolling? Let's see if there's any other guides. I think, yeah, we just had an update to the HTS 221 probably added, okay. uh, snapper. and then yeah, another update to this Qualia guide. So not nothing else.
0: Yeah. And then uh, a little bit of reminder, um, we have, uh, people really like the Adafruit learning system. And so we opened it up so folks can author their own guides. Um, we're calling these notes. It's the Adafruit Playground. This is um experimental for now, but you can check out um every single week. And I'll go back to uh
1: yeah, click on playground. Yeah, by the way, it's cool.
0: Yeah, by the way, they're there's still one nice Yeah, they're well, oh, no. maybe, 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 okay. maybe I'll see how many left. Refresh. Whoa. 56 left. Less. Um, so there's uh less. Okay. You know. uh anyways, you can go to playground, and these are a bunch of guides that folks uh contributed to. And our idea is um and i'm not going to name websites because it's practically all of them um but when you go to a website and, and and share your content now the whole idea is they monetize it they put ads on it they put the you know all the intrusive things that
1: how, phil how many program notes can people read before they are forced to sign up for an account you know there is no limit no. infinite
0: you have to have an account to publish but, just to publish yeah but you don't you people don't have to log in to read them. Yeah. So one of the trends we saw was all of the sites that are like, please put up your, put up your stuff. Um, you have to log in to see them, which kind of defeats the purpose. Um, it's called you know really a paywall.
1: When you're scrolling and then halfway through the scroll, yeah. it pops up and it's like, you so can't read anymore.
0: We decided like, let's, let's make the best place for people to, to share projects, but let's not have ads. Let's not have any uh, forced. You have to log in to read them. Let's not have any, you know, weird, uh, invasive, uh, cooking, tracking, and all that stuff. So this is an experiment. Um, it's supported by Adafruit. Maybe pick up some hardware once in a while, um, and we'll see how it goes. But uh, check it out. So far, it's been it's it's working out. We did a soft launch. Yes. Um, but the idea is just to have the best place online. To share the things that are that and you make that these, are important.
1: I see some people who are in the chat yeah. have also uh, put up some projects. It's we re- it's really starting to yeah. kick off. And one big
0: it's thing. Th- so the the other sites that are out there that ask for user contributed content, there's a couple things that we saw that you know everyone can run their business the way they want, but they they turn into. Brand sponsorships that have contests, and so there's it, it's impossible to actually find stuff. And there's a lot of cutting and pasting code from other sites, and then you still have to log in to, to see anything. And we're like, let's not do that. And then like
1: that one site that if you wanted to see the entire project in one page, yeah, like made you you, made to you have in. to pay to yeah, see it. Yeah,
0: pay or log in and stuff like that. So we're like, well, what can we do um, instead of uh, trying to to monetize people's privacy, because uh, that, that's essentially what it is, or they're you know lots of other lots of other terms that could be used for that strategy but we're not doing it because we're not supported by ads so check out playground um we're calling these notes for now we'll see how it goes it's an experiment is this
1: is just a start it's only been like 2 or 3 weeks it's yeah.
0: very new you can see this is you know there was pent up demand for something like this um and uh you know that's uh what we're going to do okay. here is some factory footage <laughs> made in New York City factory footage. All right, we're gonna do some 3D printings. Um, we got a couple projects this week from Noah and Pedro, and uh, one of them is a speed up, one of a project that you can make yourself. Don't forget 3D Hangouts is every single week, Wednesdays. At 11 a.m., take away, Noah and Pedro.
3: You can add USB-C power to your devices with the Adafruit HUSB238 Power Delivery Breakout. This breakout lets you get up to 100 watts of power over USB-C for those projects that need more than five volts at two amps. You can set the output voltage using the onboard jumpers or control it over I2C using a microcontroller. It's great for turning those devices with wall adapters into USB-C powered ones using a USB PD power supply. Our 3D printed case snap fits and features access to the USB-C port, screw block terminals, and wires. This keyboard comes with a wall adapter that we can replace with our HUSB238 breakout. The wall adapter has information on voltage, amps, and jack polarity. This one is 12 volts, one amp with a center positive jack. We can cut the cable to reuse the DC barrel jack. Using a multimeter, we can determine which wire is ground and which is power by testing continuity. Now we can solder the 12 volt jumper on the HUSB238 breakout board to set the voltage for powering our keyboard. Using wire strippers, we can expose the wires and secure them to the screw block terminals. The 3 d printed case keeps the breakout safe and secured. Now we can plug in the DC jack into the keyboard. We can power the breakout with a USB PD power supply that's capable of outputting high voltages. Now we can power on the keyboard with a USB-C cable. We think this is a handy breakout for gadgets that might have missing wall adapters or if you just want to USB-Cify your favorite devices.
0: Okie dokie. And then just a little uh, check on, um, how many Raspberry
1: Pi- Okay. I like this. live.
0: I <laughs> left. Um, there's 37 in stock. Let me, um,
1: We didn't notify some people. So yeah, yeah folks, if you want one.
0: Yeah. There's.
1: If you have a friend who wants one.
0: Well, yeah, just We get, are limiting. Yeah. It's all one for customer.
1: It's one for customer. Maybe you like your. So
0: there's 37 left. Okay. So that, that went pretty fast and this worked out really well. So we'll probably do something like this again to, um, Support the community that's watching the live shows. Uh, Let's do some uh, INMPI. INMPI brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. This week it is eSwitch. Lady Ada, what is the new product that's coming out this week that's new, that's interesting from eSwitch? digi
1: i don't think we've done e-switch before it's just be exciting so uh this week on inpi we're going to cover east which is new um i don't remember the part number. It's like tl 3310 basically the reverse mount smt tap switch um this is a pretty neat switch um most people are really familiar with your standard six by six millimeter tactile switch um we use them in tons of projects um they're in like every beginner kit for learning electronics um we've got them in this uh uh wasri pi uh, sorry this arduino shield you can see at the bottom left you have a little nav switch and navigation up down left right and select and the reset button um these are really common they're very inexpensive only a couple cents a piece and um you know they're used users basically like input now on our projects we tend to have them be you know bare on the pcb either through hole or surface mount although usually they're in a product but they're hidden behind um button caps um so i will mention you know if you want uh, just those plain through hole switches uh there's like fifty thousand in stock from e-switch on digikey so um you know just because we're covering this reverse mount surface mount switch reverse mount reverse surface mount tactile switch um there's also a through hole uh you know um standard six millimeter surface mount standard six millimeter i love this style because of course you don't have to through hole solder it you can just pick and place it uh works great and then um another new thing that i noticed is there's also reverse mount through hole uh so this in this case um you definitely would need to have some actuator that goes down and clicks because otherwise like your finger would uh bump into it so this is um you know this is just a demonstration you know usually when you have a user panel the caps would be held by the front panel. They would be kind of floating in place um, like, a, like a game controller. And then there would be a little nub that would go down and click the tactile um, actuator itself. But the reason um, I think that you know, these got a little bit of attention, just coincidentally, is we posted on our blog this really cool project, um, the Lisp badge. And um, one of the design decisions this person made, it's like a little handheld computer. Is that the buttons would be um, reverse mounted so that you could have the labeling on the PCB? So the PCB is the front plate, and then the um, reverse mount tactile switches poke through. And in this case, they used um, surface mount uh, reverse mount buttons, and they even if you talk about it, um, measure you know dealing with the thickness of the PCB, and they use this kind of like um, angled mode, so you can see that the legs um are into interdigitated so that uh they get a a nice tight uh packing it's uh, equidistant um from each uh, digit so a very good look um so and then somebody uh, posted on social media uh we got tagged in because everyone was like what is this what do you mean that there's such a thing as reverse mount tactile switch?" And I was like Coincidentally, uh, Digikey just put this in their featured section, uh, check out digikey.com new, if you haven't checked it out, because uh, that's where we saw this, um, this reverse mount tactile switch. So this is, I'm going to the part number, the RT, reverse tactile 3301. Um, and this comes in tape and reel, which is handy. The ones we stock in our shop only come in, in a bag, uh, but if you want to actually use these in a production environment, you'll definitely want to have them on tape and reel. You do not want to hand place them. Um, and of course, they're e-switch quality, so they're good for like you know quarter million presses um, or like a hundred thousand presses or more. And um, two hundred. This is a two hundred sixty gram force actuation, so nice and clicky. When you mount them, you know you you do want to. In this case, the the PCB layout. I will say that they have those pads are a little small. I would actually embiggen them a little bit because you want to have a good um, mechanical connection to the PCB in case somebody really presses down because you don't have the the body of the switch isn't taking the force it's the um solder connect connections and of course you're also going to want to have the big cutout hole in the center where the actuator goes through um i will mention in this one that the actuator length doesn't go beyond the pcb this is designed for um again a, a, a situation where you have uh, actuator buttons um on the outside cuz most people do not design for industry, do not design PCBs where um, the actuator goes all the way through and is accessible to the user. Having it flush actually makes a lot of sense because then you can have a button pad on top that when people press the button, it, you know, it, it presses down and, and activates the tactile switch. Um, and then if you want other tactile switches, uh, do check out eSwitches, is, you know, very popular brand on DigiKey. Uh, they've got you know, pretty much every combination in size and color, lots of surface mount versions in, in different configurations. And like I showed you, lots of through-hole, uh, surface mount, and reverse uh, through-hole, as well as this reverse surface mount version. But if you want the RT-3301, don't forget they are in stock at DigiKey.
0: On DigiKey. And we happen to have a video.
1: It's a very silly video
0: okay well we're here for it. we're here for it but
1: we're here we're here yeah. and we're being we're
0: also going to see silly videos about electronics this is what you show up for for the raspberry pi fives which there's some still left because this is a live show except yeah. for unless you're watching it not live and uh for silly videos about electronics here we go
4: Next up, we got a very versatile Switch making its eSwitch debut. Let's go to our shouting cowboy, Anthony Variano, for its introduction. Now approaching the ring, making its E-Switch debut, wrestling out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, a top-actuated reverse surface mount switch measuring 6 x 6 millimeters and featuring a life expectancy of 100,000 cycles, I present to you the RT-3301 Series Tactile Switch. The T3301 series can fly up the top rope and needs just 260 grams of force to actuate. And as a reverse surface mount switch, it can reverse any move you attempt. Don't let its small size fool you, it can last a long time in the ring It can handle the heat with an operating temperature range of negative 40 to 85 degrees Celsius. The electricity in the arena won't phase it either thanks to its 50 milliamp 12VDC electrical rating. It comes as a tag team and tape and reel packaging with a thousand pieces per reel, ready for automated installation. It's an ideal match for audiovisual applications, computer peripherals, consumer electronics, instrumentation, telecommunication devices, and medical equipment. As always, we recommend going to our website e-switch.com for the complete product page and our full catalog of Switch products. Thank you for watching.
2: Hi on NPI.
0: Okay, dokey. and
1: Hold it was a silly video. Yeah,
0: and before we go to new products, let's see if there's any pile. There is 18 left. Okay. So if you're on the fence, you could still get one. It's going to be gone shortly. Let's do some uh, new products
1: okay
0: we've got a round display
1: okay so this big round display we've actually it's you're like hey i think this sounds familiar yes we had it as a coming soon and now it is in stock i have a little demo because i've been working on eyeballs code with it and you can go OK, so this is a gigantic okay. big guy. So um, we've got uh, the gigantic eyeball code uh, ported to it. It's a little flickery because this is using IDF4, not IDF5. It's also through, it's also camera. through a camera through a camera. So there's like three cameras involved. Um, but the the colors is really good looking. Yeah, Yeah, the color is really good. Uh, this is actually pixel doubled too, by the way. This is um 360 by 360 pixel doubled up. Um, we're going to try to port this code to IDF5 so it looks even better. But in CircuitPython, it works. In Arduino, it works. Uh, 720 um, by 720 pixels, massive display. I'm also getting a capacitive touch one. It's going to be more expensive. Uh, so I think if you just need a display, you don't need that touch capability. Uh, this is the biggest round display we could find. We We went out. We used our eyes, and we found this. <laughs>
0: OK.
1: Okay, uh, we also have a bunch of Raspberry Pi accessories. So the active cooler for the Pi Five is a board that plugs in. It like attaches to the Pi Five. You can see like the five. The Pi Five is not included. This is the thing that's not. You know, it's like the heatsink plus the fan. Um, it plugs in. Uh, you will probably need to use a lifter for the two by twenty connector if you want to connect uh, GPIO on top. Um, but if you're doing like a lot of machine learning stuff or like high intensity CPU things with your Raspberry Pi five, this will help get you the most frequencies, the, the highest computational uh, capability. Because otherwise, once the Raspberry Pi heats, the um, it'll start throttling itself so that it doesn't um, keep using as much CPU. So like it'll get slower and slower the hotter it gets. With this, you get all of that computational power
0: okay and then there's cables
1: there's cables this is the pi display cable so just this is like a demonstration to show so we have both the display cable and the camera cable and they are not the same yes i know it's confusing they look at at
0: these nearly identical things they
1: look identical but they're not this what about this what about this they're a little bit different (laughs) um but this is the display cable showing. So if you have like a Raspberry Pi 4 display, or you have any other Raspberry Pi cameras, you're going to need an adapter cable because the um, the new connectors are four lane and they're much, you know, to make space for the PCIA connector. Uh, they made these 0.5 millimeter pitch. You see this like $1 connector and then, you know, you can use your, all your old um, accessories with the Pi 5. So yeah, get one of these.
0: and then the start of the show, besides you, Lady Ada, our community, our customers, everybody out there, Who's being good to one another is
1: the LM66200. It's this is ideal diode. It's actually uh, a big break up because I'm going to be using this chip in um, a design. You know, basically, if you have two power supplies on your board, say a LiPoly battery or USB or like a you know two a DC power jack and USB whatever, and you want to have your electronics use whichever is like available. So sometimes the battery's plugged in, use that. Sometimes a DC plug is powered in or USB or whatever. So to decide which power supply to use, you can use two diodes and you connect them up as like a diode or connection, and that will give you um, whichever is highest, that's the current and the voltage supplier. But you have to deal with the dropout of that diode, which can be like half a volt, which can, you know, like that's a lot of power that you might be losing, especially for low power um, situations. Also, the diodes are kind of large. Also, you don't have an enable switch, which you can do with another transistor. Um, you know, and then maybe you want to know which one is the one that's activated. So this is kind of like combines about seven transistor diode components together into one. You can connect your two to five volt inputs to the V ins. There's one and two, and then ground. And the V out will be whichever one is higher. And there's also a enable pin you've pulled that high. Um, it's, by default, it's pulled low to turn on. You pull it high and it will disable the voltage. And then there's also a status pin that'll tell you which of the two is like the one that's activated um so it's like a very smart version of ideal diodes It's an inexpensive small board but probably very handy I think you do like two and a half yeah two and a half amperes out um which is nice also more than most diodes and uh only 40 milli-ohm RDS on so negligible voltage uh drop so great for low power usage or just power supplies where you want don't want to dissipate a bunch of current uh, through a couple of MBR 120s. Yeah. New, 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 Okay. But we kind of don't. Don't,
0: know. don't forget the code is dual diodes. Doesn't yeah. apply to the Raspberry Pi five. There is like three left, I think. Uh, let me double check. I think there's. Beep only... beep
1: beep beep beep.
0: Oh! Now out of stock. Okay. All right. So thank what you, everyone. Is not... This is like kind of like community. Here's. I do want to say. You know, unfortunately, you kind of have to hear the good and the bad sometimes. It's the way it is. So, you know, we prepare our teams and I'm just talking to everyone. Um, no one had any problems logging in. Two-factor authentication was okay. And no one threatened our team. Wow. Um. Yeah. And no, so one, great. no one sent a personal email to Lamar saying how they were going to, like, murder her. I'm not even kidding. This has happened over the last couple of years because of part shortages or Raspberry Pis. Yeah. And, like, they're nonsense. Like, it's not real, but it's, like, it does suck to get that type of, uh, thing in when it's like, okay, sorry, there's things out of stock and, you know, yeah So I want to thank everyone who just made this super easy. We'll probably do something like this again. Um, because
1: so happy because,
0: well, (laughs) yeah. Um, so thank you everybody for being a good community. Um, there's nothing really out there like it. So I think we're going to keep doing it this way. Um, let's do some questions. You ready? Yes. Um, I got a top secret, but I'm going to play that at the end.
3: Um,
0: okay. Yeah, because we're going to do it a little different, so we can get a couple of these questions, and then I'll pop mm-hmm. over to yes. top secret. Okay. Okay,
1: um,
0: yeah, we're doing good on time. Yeah. Um, so first up, uh, are there any plans to update Pi Portals with the ESP32 S3?
1: Yes, I do, and part of the doing the Qualia board is, you know, I might want to do larger Pi Portals as well, uh, so I wanted to make sure that the ESP32 S3 was uh, in good shape. But yeah, the Matrix Portal was the first of the uh, de-SAMDification of, um, my product lines, because the SAMD51 is, uh, is tough to get. So,
0: um, this is uh, an interesting one, because when the Raspberry Pi came out, there was a Western Digital thing. So now that the new Raspberry Pi 5, Exposes PCIE. Do you think Western Digital will be interested in doing a small project? their hardest edition, but with a smaller SSD. I still use my Western Digital Pi for development and upgrade away from spinning Res <laughs> would be nice. That
1: is like a classic, but I'm like I was like Western oh yeah. Tag them on that social media nuts. or email them, well, them. That was like original Pi. Um yeah. I mean it, they should. It would be really cool to do a little hat that has a, a built-in um SSD. I don't I don't know. I actually don't know if Western Digital do they do SSD? They must. Yeah. I don't know who actually makes
0: them. Um see. Um let me go to uh um you talked about USB C supplies that can do PD multiple voltages. Where do you get one that you use in your demo? I'll
1: be honest, you can just get them online from like Amazon or from Best Buy. It's very common. They're they're just check the the product information like I actually have a couple like so my Apple you know like this Apple power supply that I got you have for your laptop or for you know an iPad this is a travel charger um basically anything that's larger than the smallest brick is going to be you know this one has uh five nine twelve fifteen twenty volts it's it's actually not that uncommon if you look for one that's like oh can you be used for laptops you're definitely going to get multiple voltages I've seen basically either you have five volts two amps or five nine and 12 like i've seen you know inexpensive like little bricks that do 5 9 and 12. if you want to get like 15 18 and 20 you do usually have to get for the laptop size bricks but they're as long as you just look at the um product info they'll tell you that they can supply those voltages
0: um. Yeah. So it was almost two hundred pies in one hour. That yeah. I
1: went. It's not that um, bad. Like it yeah. used to
0: be two hundred. Yeah. Like, this the days. reason why this this was probably chill and everything is um, no one expected this and I think maybe that uh, the bots and the the or the attempts or the notifications or whatever all the attempts or people that are like camping out on websites hitting refresh so they can buy one and resell it. I think they weren't expecting it this early this week, because the pies have gone to some resellers. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. Also, it's a Wednesday night, well, uh, and pick. we also let everyone know who was watching our shows and we have hundreds of people watch our shows, uh, live. So, um, I'm gonna show the top secret now, and then we'll answer any questions and then we'll, we'll bounce. I okay. want to make sure we got to this questions before I did top secret. Okay. So
1: here's top secret. Thanks everybody.
0: All right, Ada. What is this?
1: Peekaboo. I see you. This is our uh, m 4 eyes code, but it's been ported now to the ESP32 S3 on the Qualia board. This is like first light. You know, the first uh, working eyeball. So you see, like, I have a little bit of like um, math. I think it's, it's. I think this is a uint18 that uh, eight that should be a sixteen. So you see that um, there's a little bit of gray around here, but you know, the pupils working and the iris and the um, eyelids and so we're making good progress this is a 480 by 480 screen and then i'm also going to try to get it working on the 720 by 720 screen yeah. um, for this you know this is already like kind of working hard 10 frames per second for this one i'm probably going to do pixel doubling so it'll be 360 by 360 and then pixel doubled up to 720 by 720 which i'm sure it'll look fine it'll be gigantic but um yeah anyways first eyes
0: And that's top secret. Okay, I just want to get to those questions and uh, make sure I got to everyone and everything. Yes. I think that is it. Um, there was some other questions. Uh, I'll do the ADA box update as, as usual. So one of the things that we're doing is um, doing a small number of ADA boxes before the end of the year. Um, we're restarting that machine to get the ADA boxes out. It's rusty. Yeah. And so we're going to be going low and slow, as they say. So don't worry, we'll put things on the website, we'll contact people. But that's the idea is to get these out slowly. Um, there's 1000s of them, give people a chance to, uh, if you don't want AdaBox, box, no problem. We have, we have way more signups than we ever thought we would. I thought maybe AdaBox box would go away over the part shortage if people didn't want to wait, turns out, nope, just more demand. So what we're going to do is just notify people slowly at a time, hey, your your a box subscription um, is going to be coming to you soon. Uh, here's if you want to update your credit card or if there's anything that you need to do beforehand please let us know and then ship these out slowly yes it'll probably leak out what it is whatever it's better than not doing it and giving up um so that's the plan
1: never give up never
0: give up yeah so that's the plan um yeah uh here's thanks uh oh here's one um uh, getting my question in early uh was there what's a good way to program a PCB with a so I see eight chip with minimal design modification. I've been using the in-circuit programming clip to attach directly to the, I see, but it's very finicky. Should I use test points on my programming chips, something else? Thanks for the opportunity to buy a Pi 5.
1: I think, you know, it depends on what the, 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 if it's, if it's a, um, SPI flash, then yeah, like a clip is kind of the best way to do it. Um, if it's something like a ATtiny or, or something that, you know, uses, um, UPDI, I'll just bring out the pins to it, like pins that you can solder to, like through hole pads, uh, and then just take take them away once you've gotten the design uh, formalized. And then when you're doing mass programming, you know, you use Pogo pin pads.
0: Okay. And then uh, another little nice comment, thanks for keeping AdaBox alive, very much appreciate. Yeah. It's going to be fun. We just know that there's, um, you know, a couple of years of trying to play catch up between uh, you know, COVID and the part shortage, and we decided, like, well, if people continue to uh, keep their subscriptions because we don't charge until we ship it, then we'll keep doing it. And then, um, you know, some folks will say, oh, you know, it's been a couple, it's been a year, I don't want to a box anymore. The opposite happened. We have thousands of signups for people who want to get in. So what we want to do is ship out this Ada box and then expand the number we can do. Turns out people want um cool, interesting electronics delivered to them every quarter. Yeah. We want to even figure out if there's more we can do. So that is the show for tonight. Thank you so much, everyone. We will see everybody next week. Thanks for the positive reinforcement for us to try things different than what other folks are doing to get things out like the Pi 5 and more. That was a success. Our team behind the scenes is um, really happy about how things worked out. They, uh, they just popped in. Um, to see how it went. And so our team thanks you. There's humans behind the scenes who help run everything in Adafruit. And um, when things work out, we're all very happy. So thank you for that. We'll see everybody next week. This has been an Adafruit production. Here is your moment of Zener.
1: Thanks, everybody.